the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Give your users options by adding rewarded surveys into your app monetization mix with Theorem Reach. They are the leading survey monetization company in the digital space. Learn more at theoremreach.com. AppRadar helps you accelerate your mobile growth through their simple ASO platform and they set up optimized Apple search ads to help you scale up your user acquisition. Check them out at appradar.com. What is up, App Nation? Welcome to our weekly YouTube and now Facebook live streams where I bring on a guest to one so that I don't have to like blow out my voice and two so that we can provide actionable content for you guys. And today the theme is going to be all about marketing for game devs and also monetization. How do you really figure out what offers to put in, what kind of things that will help your users really better monetize and actually stay engaged in your game. Today, I've got a friend of mine. He is the co-founder and CEO of Theorem Reach. What they help you do is add rewarded surveys into your app. And they found that rewarded surveys not only provide you with better monetization than video ads, but also a lot of engagement. It improves your monetization, also your engagement. Tom is not just saying, look, don't do video ads. He's saying, add rewarded surveys as a way to increase your revenue per user. So without further ado, Tom, welcome to the stream. I'm glad we got it to work this year, this week. Hi. Steve, I'm so, so glad to be here. Uh, we've got some new streaming tools, so this is really awesome. I'm really excited for today's show. Hey, so for you guys, if you guys have questions below, please leave it in the comments. I'll be able to pull up everything. I see Alexi who's on to BitLife app. Alexi, look, if you want us to check it out, just fill out the form appmasters.com slash audit. What's up, Leandro? Good to always see you, my friend from Brazil. We're also on Facebook, so all the comments will be on this live stream. But Tom, you were talking about before we went live about like, optimizing in-app purchases and optimizing those offers that game developers are making to their audience and their users. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I get to talk to a lot of uh, game publishers, uh, which is awesome because I love games. You know, I get to play all the ones on my phone. Um, but a, a theme that I've been hearing uh, kind of come up over and over again is that, um, you know, when smaller game publishers are looking at the, you know, top grossing firms. Um, they're always kind of wondering, like, how are they putting out, you know, so many different like offers and events and things to users? And uh, what some of them know and others don't know is that uh, most of those firms actually have their own kind of home built uh, over the air offer pushing. So you can essentially like create a special offer for a user and click with the click of a button. It just kind of goes out to the user's phone without having to do an update to uh, Google and Apple. Um, and it, it just seems like as you get better and better at doing these offers, um, revenue can go up. And as you start to get a little bit more personalized with those offers, uh, again, you know, you're giving users something that's actually applicable to them. They're more likely to purchase that and engage it. Um, so that's just something we've been thinking about a lot over at Theorem Reach is um, how do we help you uh, you know, empower you to have better tools to understand your users and when is the right time to give them a video ad or a survey or an offer and which of those is the best one to give? What's the right amount of content to give users so that they're likely to engage? Uh, because I think, you know, users, when you give them the right thing, they do want to purchase them. Like when you're on Amazon and, you know, I purchased something and then they recommend, oh, you probably want the little thing so you can actually hook it up to your bike. Um, and yeah, I, I do want that thing so that I can actually use the thing that I'm trying to purchase. So um, just thinking about that within the games of, you know, giving users what they want when they need it, um, the better you can kind of connect all those pieces, the better your revenue and ultimately engagement and retention is going to be too. Because if I can play the game the way that I want to play it, um, I'm able to actually play the game and I stick around. You know, Tom, one of the things I actually talked about with somebody who actually contacted you as well was he was saying that he added rewarded surveys. And what I what I saw from him was he was giving the same rewards for rewarded survey 
and a video ad. And I'm like, you can't do that. You have to give them more because a reward survey obviously takes more time. And so I think what I also told him and was something I got from a past guest of mine. He's like, I liked Brian Mashinter. He was at Backflip, but now I think he's at Wunga. But essentially he was saying, I like to monetize for games off of impatience. So essentially, you know, these things where you have these stamina or these energies where you have to pay to essentially play a game. And then when your stamina runs out, you either fill out a reward survey, watch a video ad, whatever, to get more stamina. But if you want to wait, and same with the Clash of Clans model, hey, build this building. It's going to help you. It's going to take a couple of days. But if you want to rush it, you know, buy some gems or whatever it is too. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, for monetization for me at least is um, giving your players different choices um, because people are different, um, you know, and people are playing under different circumstances. Like today I might want to watch a couple video ads because I'm just kind of like mindlessly doing this while I'm in a meeting at work. Um, another time I might be watching a show on the, you know, TV and yeah, I'll take a rewarded survey. You know, another time there might be a really good offer that I'm just going to, you know, purchase outright and stuff. So like always having those choices and options tends to be the best output um, and just kind of making sure that they're weighted based on the amount of effort that you have to do for them. So, you know, if you're going to take a really long survey, like a 16 minute survey um, that is going to pay out big time, you know, five or $10 to you as the publisher, and you want to make sure that the user is getting appropriately compensated for that because that would be what, like 500 video views that they'd have to do. So making sure that those types of things are, are equal um, and users are empowered to choose um, tends to be the best monetization strategy I've seen. Yeah, I love it, man. All right. So what I want to also do is give a few shout outs. So Leandro, what's happening? I said that. Joe, always good to see you, my friend. Bart is here. What's happening? Leandro asked Tom, is having the maximum number of games published in the store better than just having one very polished one? That's a good question. Um, I would say it probably depends on your team size and it also probably depends on your metrics and stuff. Um, so I always come back to retention as the most important metric. And when I say retention, I don't just mean like day seven, day one, day 30 retention. I'm talking more like day 90, day 180, because that long-term retention is really the only way that you can truly build an audience. Um, because at some point in there, if your retention ever dips down to zero, then even if you're acquiring players or whatnot, you're just continually churning through them. So if you don't have you know, your retention line staggering out, I would say either you need to move on to a different game um, or, I mean, if your, your metrics are, are working from a revenue perspective, it can work, but building a long-term uh, app is not really possible unless your retention kind of flattens out so that over time, month by month, you can continue to build up your, your monthly active users. Um, so retention to me is, is really key more than anything else. Um, so I think doing things that can boost retention is important. But I also think that retention, once you get into soft launch, you can pretty easily tell where your retention is going to be. And if it's below a certain threshold, sinking more time and resources into that game usually isn't uh, the best way to do it. Um, find something that does have a better retention and then optimize it from there. Um, so I don't know if I completely answered your question, but I would say start with your key metrics with retention being like one of your most important ones to see you know, which of those games have the highest potential and can you take them even further so that you can keep building to the point where you do have you know, one that's really well polished and stuff too. I completely agree. And I think you know, we've heard stories of Angry Birds, 51st app, even David Reichel who created Color Switch, I think it was his 41st or 41st app. So it depends, right? Like if you find one, like Tom said, I completely agree. Like retention is the most important part. If you think about all these games developers, the really popular ones, the big ones, they spent so much time in soft launch. Like they spent five or six months in soft launch, really getting the KPIs right, ready, getting the monetization right. And I had a great conversation with Luis, who's going to be a part of our upcoming App Masters Virtual Summit as well. The, what he was talking about is think about games that are very popular. And we use Homescapes as an example, because it, I didn't even know this, Tom, but it's a match three game. But, you know, they built on 
yeah. that layer. Like, like they they know match three games, high retention, super high, you know, like super high retention mechanic. And so they built on this like building a garden or building this home mm-hmm. on top of a core game mechanic that they know already works, and then just built on this other layer so that's a way to think about it too like can you adopt a gameplay that you know always has high retention and i did an interview with game refinery so you guys should look that up but joel and he was talking about the types of games that have really high retention like a match three type of game and so how do you add that extra layer on top of it like homescapes did really well to even like improve the the monetization the metrics and you know like create a brand new game as well yeah and you want the other thing that does come to mind as I'm thinking about like number of games and stuff too, it kind of depends on the revenue that you're generating from those games too, because sometimes maybe the game that you really want to build is, you know, a little bit further than you or your team can actually build right now. Um, but if you can build, you know, 10 games that are going to generate consistently like 5k a month for you, well, after those 10 games are out there and running, you're, you know, generating 50K a month and maybe you can grow your team a little bit more that you can now be a little bit more risky on this kind of bigger game that you want to build. Um, So I will say there is value to building a a baseline of games, but if those games are sucking more of your time because you're having to do updates and you're not really getting stuff out of them, um, then they're probably something you should turn off. But if you can build up that, you know, small portion of games, I think I was just playing a game the other day. My friend sent me, it was like the art of war, um, which is now doing like two or 3 million a month or so. Uh, but if you look at that studio's, uh, past history on, uh, sensor tower, they have like 20 or 30 other games that are kind of like all different flavors of it, kind of like building up to it. And all of them are making, you know, maybe like five or 10,000 a month or something. And they finally were able to like, put it all together and, and build the game that they probably wanted to build all along. And now that game's doing super well. But I think had they not done all those baby steps to get there, um, they probably wouldn't have been able to build the, the Art of War game. So true. All right, guys. So keep those questions coming in. Alexi, I see your your question as well. Let's. So here's what's on deck for you guys. I love this new streaming platform. I'm like, I feel like a a legit producer here all right so we've got how many days on deck we've got this math master we've got this game i'm really curious about this one tom like his question was interesting he's like look we get we get the the revenue we're making money how do we improve just the the downloads perspective and then we got this pizza chef and he wants feedback he's like how do i get more downloads i'm like bro you got over a million downloads already you're doing pretty darn well but we're going to take a look at that as well. So we've got those four games on deck for you guys. I try to pick a little bit more game or apps on deck, but we, I try to pick a little more games just because Tom's here as well and we could do this. But Tom, let's let's start with this one. How many days? So the Gokshil, Gokshil, sorry, I apologize. He was asking, you know, ASO essentially. So I can lead it off, Tom, and then we can kind of look into the app as well. But with an ASO app like this, where you're sort of doing this countdown, and I'm looking at some of the the screenshots here, like it's good. And I think what you want to do is talk about like what people will, I always like screenshots and words that speak to emotion. And granted, like I suffer from this too, because when it's your own thing, you just don't think this way, but like, countdown and like celebrate or anticipate your big event. These words that like drive emotion on your screenshots, I think are going to be way more important than just being like countdown and count up to your events. Great. But you know, like, why do I want to do that? So ask yourself why I want to do that countdown and ask yourself why a couple of different times. And then you'll see like, oh, because I want to really celebrate or it's a huge event, you know, anticipate, you know, know how many days are left. So think about the emotions that come through counting down or counting up to one of the events. Yeah, to add on to that, uh, emotion is actually the the key thing that I, I go in on a lot. Um, even getting back to those in-game offers, you'll usually find that the first thing that someone will purchase is not actually, like, usually they don't even know what those coins and things do in the game. They purchase because they have the emotion, like the Game of Thrones app, the first uh, offer that they give you is like, uh, hatch your dragon, 
yeah, everyone that's playing Game of Thrones wants to hatch their dragon. Like that, that feeds to my heart. Like I want a dragon. That's awesome. Um, yeah, this one doesn't really inspire emotions, but I could see how it could. So I think part of the problem and the power of this app is there are so many different uses. Um, so I would almost start with picking a niche and then owning that niche. Um, so it could be like weddings. And then you could have some like pictures in here of like a bride that's like anxiously waiting for her wedding or something like that. Um, and then she probably has some other features and things that like she would want to incorporate in there. And now she can be you know, looking forward to her uh, bridal shower and her bachelorette party and you know some other things that are in here. Um, but by picking that niche to just focus in on first, you can start to cater to them a little bit more. Um, and so those screenshots could be catered a little bit more towards that. And, you know, by having that bride that's anxiously waiting, that's gonna like capture the emotion of every other bride that comes in here and understand immediately what she can do with this app and kind of drive it from there. And yeah. once you've done a good job there, then you can keep kind of expanding to other niches um, that this could be used for. Um, and eventually you'll, you'll be able to grow beyond that. But anytime I look at launching a new product, like you just have to pick some niche to just really focus in on. Um, yeah. And yeah, emotion is, is definitely key. Yep. And I think, so like one of the things from an ASO perspective, I know that's what he wanted us to get into is like Tom said, what, what I've done with other clients is when we do, when we're doing ASO for these type of things, you know, there's keywords that I found that are decent competition, like decent traffic and low competition. And so think about those. So like, I'll just give you some examples without doing the complete ASO for you because that costs money, bro. But like graduation announcement, you know, I know that has good traffic and very little competition. So even I'm going to butcher because I, my Spanish sucks, but quinceanera, right? Like think about things that people are looking forward to. And those become the keywords because just trying to go after countdown. I know there's a lot of these type of apps. That's going to be a very competitive keyword. So like Tom said, like find that niche. What are you counting down to those type of things? And I think it's even important to have these in the screenshots where it's like you call out graduation, you know, wedding, baby shower, all these popular ones that people always count down to. I would also mention it in some of those screenshots too. Cool. Anything else you want to add, Tom? Not really. Yeah, I, I would say like it's it's great that there's lots of different examples of what I could do in here. But if I'm searching for something like how many days tell this, um, like I don't feel like I'm going to find your app and then see, oh, this is how I could use it. And that makes sense to install it. I'm more going to be searching for an app because I have a specific thing that I'm trying to do. Like, how do I, you know, track when my going back to, you know, wedding is going to be or something like that, or how many days left until my wedding. Um, that's, that's more of what the user is going to come from. Um, and so catering to how users are discovering your apps. So something you might even consider doing. Um, and if you want to talk to us, we can help you do this, but adding a survey in there so that you can ask users like how, how they found your app and what they're planning on using it for. Um, some of that you might be able to do through data, uh, but other things are useful to do a survey to understand like how did they find it? What did they search for? You know, what were they trying to do and what are they using your app for? Um, and having that information will allow you to better uh, update your, your app store here. All right. As you're talking, I just need a little time to try to get my iPhone to show up. I can't get it to show up for some reason. Uh, I had this all working last night, Tom. I got it all prepared, but for some reason it's not working. Okay, I'm gonna, I got mine up. Okay, cool. Like I'm trying to, I had quick time, everything ready for you guys. Spent my whole afternoon yesterday trying to prepare everything and things go wrong. But essentially when I'm opening this app too, all I see is this page, which is essentially, I'm trying to blow it up for you guys, but it's, it just says add a new date, which is kind of like what Tom talked about. like what am I celebrating here? You know, get that emotional, you know, what are we celebrating? What are we counting down to? You know? So even I, this is the first open asking, what are we celebrating? You get some info on what people want to celebrate most in your app, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a birthday, whatever it is, retirement, graduation, all these things. These are great ways for you to start 
Yeah, like, and then it's yeah. not until you add a new date. Instead of icons, maybe like allowing them to put put like a picture here or something like that too might I be kind of cool. I, don't know. I love that too. Yeah, so I think as we're looking at this, there's ways to figure out what, yeah, I love the picture idea. Like what, what are we celebrating? I like the icons. Even if you just had this and had a like, yeah. little custom. Yeah, even a little custom. So sure, icons in case I don't want to put a picture, but have some custom features as well. But definitely get more info on this pricing, on this opening page. What are we celebrating? Because this is a lot of useless white space up here where all it is is no dates. Yeah, I get it. But you can well, go ahead and there's like, no dates. Prompt them into it or something like that too. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think this is, I think that's good. The no ads. Let me just check this out real quick as I click oh, no I ads. Close it, yeah. uh, one free. Like our app. Okay. Otherwise, you know, simple app, simple app like this. All right. I'm going to try to still get my iPhone up. But cool. All right. We got, if you guys have questions, please leave them into the comments below too. So. Alexi, thank you for submitting the app audit. Dimitrios, good to see you, my friend. Let's get into this before we get to the next app. Tom, you know, Alexi asked, what's the secret sauce in promoting mobile games these days? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I don't think there's an easy answer. Um, so something that happened this year that was very interesting, I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, tactile games, uh, new game it's like uh, lily something i can't remember offhand um, but they had like a very controversial ad um that it's like the the character found out she's pregnant and then the guy like seemed excited but then he jumped on his motorcycle and like drew like, just like drove away um and so people were like what the heck is this but it got a ton of people to download the game and, and check it out and now it's doing like you know, 10 million a month in revenue. Um, so it's doing very well for them, um, but very interesting ads. I wouldn't necessarily suggest trying to emulate that, um, but all that to say, I don't know that there is a secret sauce in promoting mobile games. Um, I would say if you can find some sort of virality, um, that's gonna be key. I was talking to one uh, game publisher uh, recently and he said, Figuring out how to get a very quick ROI from Facebook advertising is probably the most essential thing that they're now looking for in their games. Um, so, you know, before it used to be, okay, well, if I can have an LTV that's greater than, you know, the cost of the Facebook acquisition, which might be, you know, $100 in some cases, they do like strategy games, um, but it might take them like, 60 90 days to get that return on investment back like that's just gonna take so long for them to ultimately you know have that cash back in pocket that it's not uh, scalable basically so um figuring out your marketing channels that are roi positive but figuring out how to make that smaller so that you can put that money you know back into the marketing channels yeah, completely agree. And I think what I would say is there's no secret sauce, obviously. There's a lot of ways to do it. So if you're a big, if you're a smaller publisher, maybe think, or a smaller game dev studio, maybe think about going after these publishers like Voodoo, Genera Games, Tilting Point. Like all, there's a lot of publishers out there. Color Switch, they were able to get a publisher. So think about that. I think I also try to look at Facebook is a great channel. And I also try to look at like what are other apps out there doing? So it's it's like sort of that model that I talked about with Gardenscapes. Like, do you have a model that fits? So look at the type of games that are already trending in the app stores and how do you mix and match different things? I put this video together about this reskinning, like how do you do reskinning these days? And it's really about mixing and matching. And if you think about the popular games like Crossy Road, Color Stitch, even Gardenscapes, like they're sort of modeling off of something that is already there and then changing different things, element of it. Crossy Road, you know, Matthew Hall, during my interview, he said he was very inspired by Frogger and Flappy Bird, David Reichelt, Flight and Uno with the whole little color switch type of things, right? So they're, they're very inspired by other things and mixing and matching a core gameplay that's already been in existence, but how do you mix and match it with other games? And it, it doesn't have to be mobile. It could be, David Reichel talk about, talked about this, where he was looking at board games a lot. 
So think about that too. And then obviously the promotion side of things, I think influencer marketing, Reddit, if there's a game dev on there as well, do a soft launch, figure out ways to what we did with a, a game that we launched back in 2015 was like, we soft launch in a lot of these Nordic countries, or now it's like Southeast Asian countries where you can get a low cost CPI, see what the metrics are going to be from a retention perspective, and then figure that out. So I think exploring other channels that people might not be thinking about, obviously Facebook is the big one, but influencer marketing on TikTok or Reddit, I think Instagram story ads are pretty popular these days and lower price. Those are things where you got to have to think outside the box than just the normal promotion things that people are, are talking about. All right, Tom, anything you want to add there? All right, let me go to what we have in store for this. All right. So this is, and we've got a great question for this app, Tom. So I've got my Android and you got yours as well. And guys, I've fixed it all. So you guys can see my screen now. But Math Master, Educational Game, and Brain Workout. So let's just take a look, a look at the App Store. Learn, practice, revise, and test your math skills in a fun, interactive way. When I say, and I know the question that, God, let me pull up the person's name. Magu Mill asks, is better monetization, so fantastic question, improve ASO and increase downloads. So let's take a look. I'm going to scroll down real quick. 500,000, so decent, 17, really cool. All right, so decent traction so far. I can lead off, Tom, and then, you know, feel free to jump in anytime. The, the thing that I would say is when I'm looking at this, what we've seen is the short description. So think about what shows up in the search results, right? You have good keywords, I'm assuming. Master, math master, educational game, brain workout, great. You know, pretty decent icon. I might kind of look at that. But the short description, we've seen really good results when you optimize for the download here. So think about adding social proof. Why is it learn? Why is it a fun way? You know, fun is so generic. Like, can you get more granular than that? So like things like what we said in the past is, you know, learn math in under 10 minutes or the number one way to learn math or what makes you really unique that people want to click in and download your app. Because in the Google search results, it is your app icon, it is your app name, and it is going to be your short description. So having more social proof, more conversion rate optimization, and not just keywords in there are going to help. And that's not to say that you shouldn't have keywords. You should definitely have keywords. So if learn, practice, revise, and test your math skills, I don't know if that's Granted, I haven't done too much keyword research on this, but I don't know if those are great keywords. So think about like different math things that you are teaching people, whether it's the, I forget, but there's a Chinese way of doing math that is all tens based, right? Whether you're teaching that, what types of math skills are you teaching that you're able to rank for? So it's multiplication, addition. These are probably better keywords than just say, learn, practice, revise, and so forth. Anything you want to add, Tom? So I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is at the very bottom, it says Math Master is designed for everyone, but especially for kids and students. But that's a very broad definition of people. Now, you can have things that are targeted towards adults, and you can have things targeted for kids. But like right now, this is saying, hey, Tom, you could get this app and use it for yourself as well as for teaching your daughter. That's a very different audience. And I would have very different expectations and needs and wants for those. Um, so I would actually look at stripping this out and creating app, an app that is specific to children. Um, like as a parent, um, if I can find an app that is actually fun and engaging for, you know, my three-year-old, almost three-year-old, um, yeah, I, I would be more willing to pay like a subscription to help her learn math on that. Um, and that's going to be very powerful, you know, monetization for you, probably far better than anything else you get. You can get that subscription model by catering to parents and giving them something that, one, I can trust that I can leave my kid with to like play on my phone while I'm washing the dishes or something like that. Um, but from an adult perspective, like having like simple addition and subtraction and stuff in there, like that doesn't make sense. Like you need to have like more brain teasers and um, 
you know, engaging reward mechanics and stuff. I will say the stuff that I see so far is, is pretty cool, like the different power-ups and stuff in there, um, being able to do like a shield where you can get a wrong answer, like that's pretty cool. Um, but I don't see how those things can translate back to like children and kids being able to learn math and stuff like that. So um, that, that would be like my first piece is like, which parts are, or I guess, who is your target audience? and narrow that down a little bit more and then design this app specifically for them and get out the pieces that don't belong there. And then maybe take those pieces and build another app that's either just for adults or just for children um, and, and really isolate in on that. Um, the other thing, if you are targeting, let's say not young kids, you're targeting more like school age kids. Um, you know, you've got some stuff in here that, that outlines what you can learn and stuff like that. Um, but like if my child is struggling with algebra, what am I going to search for? I'm probably going to search for something that's like um, how to teach my child algebra or um, algebra training or something like that. Um, and again, think about those a little bit more. Um, again, some kind of a, a survey here to understand what your users are using it for, what they like about it, what's not useful. Um, also, if you have any data analytics tools like an amplitude or something like that where you can actually visualize and see like, okay, which topics are they going back and repeating? Which things are they going to first? You know, what are they doing? Um, and start to understand that data flow and how they're using your app um, and making those things that they're doing more prevalent to them um, because that's obviously the value that they're deriving from it. Yeah, and it looks like Tom from these screenshots that it is for more for kids, right? And so what I was thinking from I know one of the questions was about ASO. What I was doing was kind of like getting just doing this. This is the way I like to figure out what keywords that should be going after. So math games, math problem solver. So maybe math math games is the better way, the keyword that you should go after. And now when I put math games, look at what I find: math games for second graders, math game for third graders math game for kids. So now you've got some keywords that you can go after because it seems like from what we can tell or from what I can tell, I won't speak for Tom, it's, it looks like it's math games for kids. Like it's for kids primarily. And so target this particular keyword because Google is saying these are the things that people are searching for by their autocomplete. So when I put math games, I'm able to find out what keywords people are searching for here. So that's how I would start doing ASO and start revising some of the things that you have. And what I've been testing out frequently too is what about the keyword density in the title? You know, we have, I think it's 50 characters on Google Play. And so is it better to just have 30 and focus on the the real keywords that you want to talk target rather than trying to go really long? And here with the subtitle, with a, with a short description as well. So test those out. I'm testing out on myself, on my, on my clients as well, but I'm really focused more on the keyword density on Google Play. I think you've done a great job in driving downloads and driving reviews. So I think it's just a few small tweaks here and there that they'll get you to that next step, whatever you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. The other thing we'll go into the app real quick. Cause you wanted to talk about monetization. Let me do this cool little trick to black out. So here is the Android app guys. Look at this. I'm so fancy. Ooh. All right. <laughs> so opener helped me become a math professor. Okay. Don't know if that's what kids are really looking for, but I'm going to assume that this is for kids. I just clicked this. So coin double up special permanent, but if I was an end user, I'd probably just click pay, not the store. Okay. Finish this first tutorial. I like this, right? Like Tom, I, I kind of like this, like finish this tutorial, get hundred coins. All right. So you give me a motive. You will get math tasks to complete. Okay. Enter the correct answer. Two wrong answers in a row, or if your time is up, the game is over. Okay. The other thing I would do is look, a lot of my kids have this, you know, their own math. I think math IXL, these type of things that parents are used to, you know, ABC mouse, for example, but my kids are always using this because of the pandemic I had to homeschool them. So think about those as keywords too, maybe in the short description. I know they're branded, but you can start showing up for the similar side. All right. After correct answer on first try, you'll get points. Okay, cool. So it looks like a long tutorial here, four possible places for I don't know. I feel like, okay. All right, cool. Let's go I'm through one. Playing, of them. I'm playing through the tutorial thing right now. Yeah. I feel like that was long. Oops. Four. Nine. So I'm playing oh, the game. One. The multiplication. Yeah. My, my daughter has played some of this. The thing that I would say is, are you, 
as a parent, is it too confusing? Like a lot of what I've seen my daughter do is it's usually a math problem that is very similar. You're giving me a lot of different equations rather than just simple. Like they'll say, you know, go 10. So 10 plus 12, 10 plus five, 10 plus six. And this is like all across the board. Oh, I suck at math, uh, 18. So I think, yeah, and you have subtraction, addition. I don't know, I, I just feel like as a parent, I probably want one or two things, or you tell me what I'm getting into. I had no idea what I was getting into. All right, topic unlocked, multiplication, so forth. Okay, so again, this because this is a, a kid app, Tom, I'll just walk, talk through my thoughts. I always think after you've accomplished a level, it's a great opportunity to say, want to double up your rewards by watching a quick video or filling out a reward survey. This is a great opportunity for you to try to monetize, but because you're a kid's app, like, is this a good spot to try to monetize? Is it, is it not? And so I'm kind of conflicted in that regard, but right here, generally, when I finish the level, it's a great time to try to monetize. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to the addition. All right, 12, zero. All right, I'm gonna stop this. How do I go back? Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think, and I think it kind of depends on like the age group that you're going for too, but it also like the topic unlocks, like it doesn't really give me that much of like a boost of like, hey, you did a fantastic job here. So like the, uh, the ABC app that I'm working with my daughter on right now, like, um, every three times that she clicks the right thing, she gets like a sticker or uh, a gets to open a present. And she gets really excited about that. Like she's doing the next one. She's like, I want a sticker. And it's like, okay, well, you only have to do three more. And then like she goes for it and then she gets excited and she gets to like pick her sticker and put it on the board and stuff. And like, that's really, you know, gratifying to her and encourages her to get the right answer so she can get to the sticker faster. Um, so I feel like, you know, even in between these like topic unlocks, even if you're targeting like, you know, 11 year olds or something like that, I think having like a big splashy congrats, like you did an awesome job, um, is, is going to just make the app much more fun and engaging. Um, and switching through the topics like this, I, I don't know if this is just a tutorial or they're trying to test my knowledge here or something like that, but, um, it, it seems like if I'm trying to like actually teach a topic, you need to spend a lot more time on that topic. Like I think about when I was growing up, I had the math sheets, there'd be like a hundred questions that would be like multiplication and you'd have like five minutes to like go through and like do them all. Um, but they were all the same flavor as you mentioned. Um, and like after you get through all that and you get it all hundred percent, well then you're ready to maybe go into the next thing. Um, but every time you get those right, you know, the big congrats and, and keep going, you're doing a great job type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think there's a thing called, oh man, my kids love this, but monkey math or something where they get little fish and then they would get in between levels, they would get to like put a fish in there and she would just build this big old aquarium. Kids love that stuff. So yeah, I agree with everything that Tom said. The thing here, kind of what we mentioned too, was monetizing off of impatience. This is good. You know, save me. Do you want to continue? I can use a gem here and then continue. I think the, the hard thing that I'm doing is if I do get stuck, like, like, why am I doing this particular stuff? How do I get back to the main menu? I have no idea how to yeah. do that. Okay, now you're telling me how to get back to the main menu. Yeah, I think if you can figure out those pieces and then I would almost have it like gated where I would start with like <clears throat> the addition and maybe subtraction is free or something like that. Um, and it's a very engaging kid oriented experience where you're getting rewarded. And I would try to monetize something like this with a subscription because like I, as a parent, if I can trust and I can see that she's actually like learning stuff, like I would be much more willing to, you know, pay money because it's my child's education. Um, and that, that's one of the things that feeds to an emotion of a parent, which is, oh, I want my child to be good at math and, you know, grow up knowing things. So like that's going to get them to fork over their, their wallet more than anything else. So there's different things you can do. I think you could add rewarded surveys as like a doubling of, you know, rewards, but that's more for the user and your core monetization loop is like from the subscription model with the parents or something like that. Um, 
that's my I also feel like this is wasted space. Like this is the homepage, but like, why wouldn't the topics be the homepage for me? Like this is for me, this feels like a better homepage for me to get to. I, I get that you're trying to talk to like the end user and like grow this little baby and maybe as I grow progress, but that's the things that you can show as I finish levels. Like, Hey, your baby's growing. So cool. Right. But like, I let me, just hitting this play button, I'm confused on what I'm trying to get into and I don't know. So it's like walking to this mysterious door. And as a parent, you're like, you don't want to do that for your kid. You want to walk through something that you know, you don't want to walk through a mysterious door. So if I was just playing for me and it's a fun game, sure. But you know, I think this, this topic would be a better homepage rather than what you're currently showing. All right. I think we're anything else you want to add before we move on, Tom? No, just uh, looking around at some of the power-ups and abilities and stuff. All right, well, well, cool. yeah. while you do that, I'm going to go through some of the people. So I've got some questions. Thank you guys for filling this up. The So True Dreams is here. He said, hey, Steve, I have a few questions. We'll ask away, True Dreams. We're waiting for you, brother. So what we have next is, and I'll share with you guys this real quick. So we have this drinking game. And so before we do that, let me get into some of the questions we have. Demetrios asks, what is the best free email marketing platform I can use to reach out to 100,000 users? So it's a lot of users. If you'd have to sign up for like a MailChimp or something, you're probably paying a lot of money. I think what people have done for this type of stuff would be either use like a man, Mandrill, I think is the right one, or like Amazon servers. So a more cheaper way of doing it, not a huge email marketing platform, especially Demetrios, if this is not some people that you're going to consistently engage with. So I've heard others who use like this Amazon web service or Mandrill to send out these massive emails, because if you're going to sign up for like a MailChimp or a convert kit, then it's going to be a lot of money. One thing that I did switch over to as well is SendFox. It is a one-time fee and then you just pay per send rather than pay per list. Cause a lot of the email service providers, they get to pay per list, like how big your list size. And with a huge list size like this, you're going to have to pay a lot of money with SendFox, You pay one price for your list pro list size, and then you pay a monthly fee. It's a lot cheaper than these other ones. So I've actually switched over to SendFox, and I've really enjoyed using them so far. SendGrid is pretty cost-effective too. Twilio acquired them. You get 40,000 emails within the first 30 days for free and then 100 a day forever after that. So not quite to your 100,000, but even they're like uh, 100,000 a month kind of a thing isn't too expensive. It's maybe like 20 or 30 bucks a month. So um, yeah, another option there. All right. Perkins asks, do you figure out who your customers are before you launch or after you launch? That's a good question. Um, something that I've been recommending to people lately, um, before you even write a line of code or do anything, um, design like an app store, I forget the service, but there's like a, an app store generator where it like, looks like the app store and you can actually run some ads to see like, what would your actual CPI cost be? What's the actual interest in people downloading this game? And they basically record like who looks at it and actually clicks install and stuff like that. So you can figure out like, are people actually interested in what I'm trying to do uh, before you spend any time, you know, developing out anything. Um, so I would definitely recommend um, trying to figure out as much as possible who your customers are before launching, um, doing uh, research to understand like, uh, you know, are there organic searches that are happening and could I win in this area in the app store uh, before I spend time developing a trucking simulator app? Because once I get out there and I realize that there's thousands of other trucking simulator apps, like it's really hard to compete um, and the cost to, you know, ROI of, of paying for installs just doesn't work. So I would say spending as much time in the beginning as possible is definitely useful. Whoops, you can't hear me. All right, what I would add too is, yes, I think it's more important to know who your customers are gonna be before you even launch. And I love that. So Tom, I think you may be thinking about split metrics, but those type of platforms where you can A-B test a yep. bunch of different screenshots, have a fake looking landing page. You could probably do it yourself too. But split metrics, they built it for you where you can, it looks like a land, you're going to the normal app store, but you're really not. So I love that idea, Tom. That's really cool. 
Okay. Let me ask this last question and then we'll get into Joe said the same thing. Slip metrics. Yeah. So good. Joe, you and I are on the same page. All right. What is your opinion about web-based games or Facebook instant games? You want to take this one first? Not really. I was hoping you'd do it. I don't have an opinion. If it works, it works. You know, like I don't think it, I think whatever gets it out there faster. I really think about, look, I just try to keep cheap in the beginning. How do I get something quick out there? How do I test it? One of the success stories too is, has there been a successful game that was a web-based game or instant or Facebook instant game? And then can I bring it into mobile? Can I work with that developer where he has this user base that I could bring it into mobile and then we work together? What, I forget what the app was called, but it was a top paid game. And that's essentially what he did was he found this game that was really successful on the website of things and it was never on mobile. So he just worked with the guy on a revenue split, the developer and said, look, I'll make this for mobile. We'll do a revenue split. You promote it to your list and then I'm able to ship it out there. So I think you can slice it any which ways. I don't have a strong opinion on it. I think if you, you can find success on there too. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I would say I would probably not pick a web-based game as my first platform to target if possible, uh, just because not that many people are looking to play web-based games anymore. Um, if I was to do that, I would maybe consider more um, definitely like a mobile first, uh, very mobile playable web-based game. Um, I think the challenge there is how do you acquire users and drive them to your web-based game? Um, that would be the challenge. Um, what's useful with Facebook instant games is you do have access to a big audience. I haven't checked lately, but I assume that it's getting pretty crowded and difficult now to actually launch there. Um, back last year when we were talking about them at GDC, um, it was a lot less crowded. And I think just getting in there, you have access to such a large amount of people. Um, getting back to retention, what I mentioned before, retention, every time you get past like day 30 retention, especially like day 60 retention, everything really comes down to social mechanics and how your players interact with each other and engage with each other in a meaningful way. Um, so figuring out that social side especially with Facebook and being able to play games uh, with your friends together, I think is going to be key. Um, and if you can figure out that social piece, then I think the Facebook instant games could be a very powerful tool to launch and, and build those relationships uh, with the people that you want to connect with. Cool. I like it. All right, let's get into our next app. We have the KOB drinking game. Tom, he says, Christian, who's, who's asked this question, he wants to know, Store part of the app, you know, the icon, the description, the screenshots. We're actually satisfied with the revenue. So congrats, Christian, from the users that download. But we we believe that we don't get enough users. And so I'm looking at the screenshots here. You guys can see what I will also do is bring over this. So you can see this is the what my iPhone is seeing. So it looks like there's a video, right? So I click in. There's a quick little video on here that kind of talks through, I guess it's a, I don't even know what this video is. Play the rest of game barefoot, <laughs> what this video is all about. So I, I don't have stats to back this up yet, but I do think that for games, video is important, but I also believe that having portrait screenshots where I can see three rather than one is more valuable. Cause here I can only see one. And if you're not selling me on this one, it's going to be very hard for me to be like, yeah, I want to download this game. So yeah. that's what I would say from the initial get go. I actually was thinking, uh, and again, I'm kind of coming back to emotion over and over again, just as you mentioned before. Um, but why would I be searching for a game like this? It's probably like 10 p.m. at night. I'm drinking with my friends. I'm a little bit intoxicated. Like we've been laughing. I want to find something that's like fun that we can do together. And, you know, I'm, I'm dreaming about having like cards against humanity or apples to apples or something like that, but nobody has that, but we do have our phones. So there's gotta be an app out there. Right. So I, I search for a drinking game. Um, so if you can feed to that emotion where it's like less about the screenshots and more about like a bunch of friends that are hanging out and like laughing together, or like the video includes people where it's like, just something ridiculous that you have to do and everyone's just like making fun of them and laughing together and stuff. Like 
it's going to feed to the emotion of what I want to find when I'm looking for this, because I do think the revenue piece is probably there, like getting the upsell and stuff. And once people get into the game, they're going to, you know, have fun with it and stuff. Um, so it's really, how do you cultivate that emotion that, uh, this is the cards against humanity type of a thing. Um, the other thing you might consider doing, and I haven't opened this one up yet, um, but uh, I'll, I'll get into King of Booze here. Um, well, are there maybe. some like social virality mechanics that you can like drive to, if only one person has to have this installed, that's gonna be less than like if everyone else has to have it installed kind of a thing? Oh, and it looks like it might be uh, landscape only. Yeah. So that might I think be that's, yeah. Look at this. I mean, the, the things are fun. Like make out with Johnny. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Albert draws, draws you a mustache. So it looks like there's a lot of fun stuff going on. And I kind of, I like the games with cards with them against humanity type of thing. Cause this does feel like a game where you know, you're probably in college, you're doing some naughty stuff. And I'm pulling up cards with humanity here, but it's like a party game for horrible people. Like that gets me, right? Like it's it's funny. There's some humor in it. And so can you borrow, like you don't have to remake this whole thing. Can you borrow some of the things that these best-selling games are already doing? So I would start thinking about those screenshots in that way. Like, can you borrow some of the language that Cards Against Humanity is already using? Because this does feel like a, a naughty game like that. So yeah. You might even be, I, I don't know about the uh, legality of this, um, but you might even be able to be like, do you love Cards Against Humanity? You'll mm -hmm. love this or something like that. Um, and I, I don't know if they have that in the ASO, but like if you search for Cards Against Humanity, like does this one come up? Because if it does, like that could be a powerful. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. You got it up, you can show it. Yeah, um, let's try. Yeah, the, the, figure, first, right? the first thing I got in my game was I have to either strip three pieces of clothing or drink three uh, beers. So like, getting at me right away. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so I would play up what Tom said too. I'd play that up. Uh, this one's. Let me try to zoom in on you guys. This for you guys. All right, it looks like this is the best I can do. Do player one. So we add this. Add players. Basic challenges. So I like how you're kind of going through, especially if I'm numerated, I'm probably need this help. All right, let's get into it. So pick somebody to drink too. This feels like the, we played all this all the time, King's Cup. All right, I'll drink too. Yeah. It also seems like this is kind of a one player phone game. So as I was mentioning, like yeah. if you can have it, so it connects with a session, like I was just playing a game with some friends the other night um, where one person has to buy it and they host it like on their computer, but then everyone else access it. Uh, it's jackbox.tv like on their phone. And so we're all kind of engaged on our separate phones and stuff too, but we all had the experience of like getting into the app or the website or whatnot. Um, so I think, having everyone download it together is much more likely for them to then go to the next party with other friends and then they purchase to unlock everything and share it with their friends and it can kind of grow organically that way too. Yeah. And I, I like the the emotional with the screenshots too, what you kind of pointed out. So Tom, the the like having people partying and then showing the the most popular, like you must know since you're making money off of this, you must know like what are the most crazy things that people love like drink, do a body shot off of Julie. So you're kind of putting these together, but like have these little challenges in the screenshot and have people partying, laughing, playing around. But I think I would try to use that as a screenshot. So that's why I like the the landscape mode. So I can show little bullets of all these different challenges that be like, oh, that's interesting. Let's have some fun with this. Cause it does look like a fun app. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. You have anything? Joe said, Tom, you nailed it. Great feedback. So last app that we have for you guys, we got five minutes left. And so we'll do some rapid fire questions. Tom, what do you think? We got some Let's questions here by true dreams. So true dreams asked, I have tried to, okay. So I've tried, this is a strategy that I've shared in the past, but I've tried LinkedIn to read the app store managers, but they do not reply to you. You say, I've told essentially what I've said in the past is go on LinkedIn. If you were trying to get featured by these app stores, by Apple or Google, go on LinkedIn, find them on LinkedIn. They have app store manager, app store related stuff, and then pitch to them. 
So True Dreams, one, number one, you got to have a good app, right? Especially on Apple, it's very editorial. So you got to make sure the designs are up to bar, everything else. I can almost see an app be like, that's a good app for a feature. When you're reaching out to them, because they're getting so many people contacting them, what I always try to do is read more about them. I spend five or 10, 15 minutes like Googling them, finding their link, their Facebook profile, their maybe their Instagram profile. And so one of the things I've shared in the past is I found App Store Manager in Canada and I scrolled, I found him on Instagram. I scrolled through his Instagram feed a ton. And then I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. So I didn't want it to, the most recent ones. I wanted to pretend like I was following him for a long time, right? And so I was like, what? And I found a picture of him meeting Tony Hawk. He had a picture of, with him and Tony Hawk. So my subject line to him was, you met Tony Hawk? And then I was like, okay, hey, you know, whatever, Tom. <laughs> I noticed that on Instagram, you met Tony Hawk. That's amazing. I have a game that's about to launch. Would you be interested in checking out? And so even doing a little bit of that, one other story I'll share with you guys, a client that got featured back last year was he found out, we found an app store manager for him. He found out that they went, you know, it was just a coincidence, but they grew up in a very neighboring city. So subject line was from one Midwesterner to another, and then he led with this. So it's always better to have some personal messaging. Keep it short, always lead with some personal rapport building piece of it, and then like go into your game, but use bullets. So I think of it as a resume too. Like think of it as bullets for your features, like three to five and no, nothing more. Lead with social proof on who you are and why we should even care about you. And then ask for the feature. But that's how I would do it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. When I do outreach too, like I just met with a guy earlier today where um, I, I was like, hey, you know, I initially found you, you were on a video with somebody else. And, you know, I've been following your blog since then, XYZ, like it's just amazing stuff. And so you get that kind of like flatter, but like they also feel it's like much more personal and stuff too. And so having that kind of stuff in the the emails at the very beginning is for, gonna be um, very helpful. Cause then it's like, if I read something and it just feels a little robotic or sales, like I delete it before I even read the rest of it usually. Um, so it's, it's, you gotta connect with them right away. Yeah. And now, I mean, these are subtle little differences too. Like if I were cold reaching out to Tom, I wouldn't say like, hi, sir, or dear Tom or anything. I'd be like, Tom. And I put exclamation marks too. So I just try to make it like, if I was Tom and I know each other. So like, if I was going to send an email to Tom, I'd be like that, like Tom or like, yo, you know, something like that. And so I try to make it as friendly as possible as well. All right. Here's another question. True James about marketing. How can we lower the CPI? So generic, true James, I like it. Uh, I could start, Tom, but what I found with lowering CPI is if you've found the target, it's getting very granular in your targeting, especially on Facebook or wherever platform you're using. If I'll reference Facebook, we had a client, we're running their Facebook ads and you know we're targeting sports fans, especially the NFL. And so we're targeting NFL fans, right? Like football fans, and we're getting some CPIs. And it's like, it's pretty expensive. And then I said, Fine. You know what? I'm going to get very narrow. I'm just going to target fans of every single 30 team. So I erased the NFL fans and I just went, if you're a fan of the Niners, the Patriots, the Dolphins, I added all 30 teams, people who liked those teams and I targeted them and we saw a dramatic increase in CPIs. So the more granular you can get in your audience, the better it's going to be. And that's where we saw a great CPI. So the client was thrilled with the CPIs we we're getting when we just targeted the fans of certain teams. And so same premise, right? Yeah. It's not always about lowering the CPI too. Sometimes it's about finding who your LTV users are and targeting more of them, even though it's a higher uh, CPI, you're going to get uh, you know, bigger lifetime value from those two. So segmenting and understanding your users and especially the retention rates and things like that too, is very powerful because if you're paying, you know, 15 cents, but all those people are leaving in seven days, you might as well pay 50 cents for people that are, you know, sticking around for 90 days. So totally agree. All right. We'll get to the chef pizza chef, maybe on another call, but I'll on another stream, but I'll go through the last questions. Cause now you guys are like waiting until the end to ask these questions. All right. Sibin says, what is the best network for monetization? You want to leave that off? Tom? Fear and reach, obviously. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think it depends. Um, every game, every app is a little bit different. Um, the purpose of the app, the desires of the people, it's all, all different. Um, if you guys ever wanna talk to us about monetization, like we love coming up with strategies for apps, 
sometimes it's rewarded surveys, sometimes it's not. Um, like that education app, I was saying subscription is probably the way that I would go. Um, so I think it varies based on the app and the audience and who you're targeting. Nothing to add there. Does including secondary category in your app necessary? I think it's necessary to get it submitted and it doesn't, it won't hurt you, Lexi. So do that. All right. Last question from True Dreams. Where to find game genres that is trending or popular? I'll lead Tom and then you can jump in. App Annie, like look at the top charts. I've shared it in the past. Look at the top charts, see what's trending. Look in your app store, see what's trending in there. And you can see the type of games that are going really well. And then you can go onto Facebook ad library, see what kind of ads they're running and kind of figure out all that stuff. So it's a lot of research, but there are tools out there, a lot of free tools out there that you can use to get some analysis. All right, let's get to the next one. Trade plan. I'm working on a crypto trading app. Can surveys help as an alternative to ads? What's the average revenue per survey? It's a great question, Tom. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's an alternative. I would say it's additive, doing both. Um, so uh, revenue per survey varies a lot. Uh, it's kind of like CPIs in terms of like who you're targeting. Like if I want to talk to dentists in Wisconsin, that's going to be more niche than 18 plus in the US. But uh, the average is probably between like two to three dollars, depending on like the age group of users. But it can vary from, you know, like 25 cents to for a one minute survey to, you know, five, 10, 20 bucks for a longer survey that's more specific and stuff. Um, so we always try to balance it and find the, the right ones for users and let them pick based on how much time they want to sink in versus the reward that they get. Awesome. I love that. And I love that's always additive. You're always like that. So I like that too. I love that approach. All right, let's get into this one real quick. So these guys got a, over a million downloads already. Let me figure out the name of the developer, Hamid. So congratulations, Hamid. Dean, from, he's, he's just looking for get more downloads. What I would say is think about ads, adding Google AdWords type of campaigns. If you're just looking on an organic side, like, Think about, again, what kind of, you rank really well for pizza, I think, but, or pizza chef, definitely. But think about things that people want to go after. And I think this short description could be better optimized. Kids cooking game, make cute animals. Like why cute animals and bird shaped pizzas? I don't know if people are searching for that particular, I think kids cooking game, I get it. That's a keyword that you're going after, but make cute animal. I don't know why that it feels like a wasted keyword for me here. The other thing that I would do is think about the keyword density here, what kind of keywords you want to go after, whether it's a pizza game or pizza maker game, those type of things. It feels to me like this is, this could be better optimized. This long description looks like you're doing really well with a million plus downloads, but this, I would look at the long description. I'd definitely look at the short description too. And the fact that you've gotten this far with a million downloads, like talk about it, you know, the number one pizza making pizza making pizza maker game fun for kids you know type of thing There's, that's how i would try to lead off with because then you can have some social proof but you can also have the keywords that you're going after anything to add tom yeah no i i think that's pretty good um i was just kind of thinking about this compared to um, what's that new it's SpongeBob game? I think that just came out. Krusty Kerbop. Yeah, it's just been exploding. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think they have the IP there. I'm just looking at them to see like what are they doing a little bit differently that's maybe driving like more downloads and stuff like that. Um, but it looks like for me, like the, this pizza maker is so uh, they rank number four. Yeah. Five for pizza maker. Or, so. If you if you put in pizza, they're they're not too far down either. Oh, really? I I put pizza. I mean, you've got your like pizza huts and stuff at the top, but like they're uh, at the bottom of the second row. So what's that like number 16? Yeah. So that's doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems like they're, they're ranking pretty well. It's about um, just that ASO. Yep, yep, yep. I like it. Everything else looks really good. Again, a few subtle things changes. I think you can get there. And I think what I would, like I talked about with the keyword density, try figuring out keyword maker. What I even did too was Tom, like I looked up pizza maker and I would, I had my assistant do this, but let's say this is the keyword that you want to target, right? 
and you can do some auto search right here so you can see pizza maker game games for kids all these things cooking game these are all potential keywords that you can try to rank for and then like just have somebody on your team go in and look at how many downloads these guys have because you can see it you know google will report it and what's the keyword density because i would find and you're trying to look for anomalies like what's the one game that has like this one number two but maybe has very little downloads and I, that's why I'm thinking a lot about the keyword density in the app title. Like, is it more important to have a really high keyword density rather than going after like pizza chef, cute pizza maker game type of thing? Is it better just to be like pizza maker game done, right? Like think about through that or just, you know, like pizza chef, pizza maker game, something with more high keyword density than anything that you currently have. But yeah, I like the icon though, that's solid. It stands out versus all these other ones. Okay, let's go into the last questions before we say goodbye. So let's, I love this new platform, by the way. Okay. True Dreams, thanks. Steve, keep making these. We'd love to meet you as well, True, True Dreams. Trade Plan said, is there a limit to how many survey, surveys a single user can take? I think we might cap it at like, I don't know, 30 per day or something like that. It's, it's kind of a ridiculous number. I don't know who would take that many surveys in a day, but um, there, there are some like reasonable numbers, but you can still basically take as many as you would want as a user. And then is there a situation where there's no surveys available? Well, yeah, if you did take all of your 30 surveys for the day, it would not be available. Or um, sometimes in uh, smaller countries, like where we might not have a lot of inventory, there might not be one available kind of a thing. Um, those are usually right. the two cases. And then last question, we'll say goodbye until next week, guys. Sibin asks, any suggestions on what is the best marketing, mobile marketing automation tool? Hmm. From what I've heard from my podcast guests, they're usually built in-house, Sibin. Like nobody, it's always the case that it's like, well, it never does this one thing that I need it to do. So typically the, the guys that I've talked to who not have this, who have a budget, obviously, because they're spending a lot of money and need this automation tool, they've, they pretty much use their own in-house tools that they built because I think everything is different for every single person too. But a crappy question, I mean, crappy answer, sorry, but good question, but crappy answer. So Tom, you got anything to add? Uh, I don't know if I can confidently answer that one. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you guys for coming. I've enjoyed doing this. This is a new platform. So I hope this was a little bit more seamless than the other platform that I was using the website. If you guys want to learn more about adding rewarded surveys as really an additive, not an alternative, but an additive to your current monetization scheme, go check out thermreach.com. Look, Tom's a great dude. Talk to them a few times now. And what they're really going to do is really analyze your game, really help you out. Like what Tom said, he really means it. If it's a good fit, great. If it's not a good fit, we're happy to help you out regardless. Tom, anything you want to add? If the audience wants to connect with you, any which way you want to send them anywhere else besides theoremreach.com? No, you can just reach out to us on there. Um, you can also uh, shoot us an email. Probably the fastest way is uh, just publishers at theoremreach.com. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we'd love to help you guys out. We love helping folks become more successful, make more money in their apps. What I love hearing too is I just talked to a client previously. And he's like, yeah, I talked to Tom. It was great. We're going to start implementing that SDK. So I love hearing that. Like, like I said, guys, go check them out. It's thermreach.com. They're really going to help you. So it's not just like trying to sell you on the service. If it's a great fit, they're going to help you as well. So once again, theorem I'll see you guys next Friday, the following Friday too. I think it is the 18th, but I'm going to be breaking down. So it's just going to be me solo, but I'm going to be breaking down the eight components of a really high converting pricing page. So it's a great, it's going to be great. Maybe not for these your game developers, but for those with subscription-based apps, it's going to be a really great thing. And I'm going to share some knowledge that we've learned just from our clients as well. So stay tuned in for that. And then make sure you sign up for that virtual summit. It's happening on Friday, on Monday. So it's going to be really the last couple of days you can sign up right now. So go check out appmasters.com slash summit. All right. Until next week, guys, I'll see you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.